0: I love packages at my front door so much that when my favorite coffee company in the world started a subscription service, I signed up immediately because I love this delicious coffee. I'm talking about Zelly Beans Coffee. That's Zelly Z-E-L-I-E, Beans Coffee. They freshly roast their coffee every single week and they grind to order. But my favorite part about Zilly Beans is that they're a mission-focused coffee. They believe in families helping families through specialty coffee. And I tell you what, they're helping me through this pandemic. But what I love is that they have new varieties all the time. There's a new Honduras Eldorzano honey processed coffee that I can't wait to try. And I know that they're looking for wholesale partners. I want you to go to zellybeanscoffee.com and put in the code TalkWithLive. That's right. TalkWithLive. You're going to get a discount. I want you to try a bag, get a subscription. Do it today. zellybeanscoffee.com. to in louisiana they had a program called gifted and talented or gt i know this is not unique i know that like every public school in the world maybe private schools i don't know they all have some sort of program and i know it's not called GT anymore, gifted and talented. I'm sure there's a reason and I'm sure somebody's going to let me know, (laughs) but I don't know why that's offensive. But I mean, that's because I'm ignorant and I admit that. And here's the other thing. I never was in GT. So in all fairness, see, I have no idea. I don't know anything about it. I really don't. And I do know that they renamed the programs and it's no longer called gifted and talented. But back in the day, It was my life dream. And I mean this because here's the thing. At my school, the GT kids got pulled out of class. And please forgive me for saying GT and gifted and talented. I don't know what else it's called. So from this point on, that's what it's called in this but I don't mean it offensively, but they were pulled out of class. They were pulled out of class and they got to go and hang out in a different class with a different teacher and they did really cool projects and they were gone two to three hours every day or like every other day. I don't know. They always had popcorn parties like constantly and they were getting like treats and stickers. Okay, yeah, I might be be a little bitter. I am like whoa, I am feeling it. I can feel the, oh man, I wanted to be in that so badly. You know why? Because I hated not knowing what was happening in that classroom. A, I didn't even know where the heck the classroom was. B, I had no idea what these special projects were. They weren't allowed to tell us. And it absolutely killed me. I mean, I think this might be where I first developed FOMO, you know, fear of missing out FOMO. I think this was it. I think it was gifted and talented because I didn't know. I think they were in a, um, what were those called? Those buildings? Like, oh, a temporary building. Didn't you always want to go to the temporary building because you got to walk outside the class, outside the building into like the temporary building? I don't know, it just seemed like this little world that was off on its own and nobody could bother you and you got to eat popcorn and be gifted. (laughs) I don't know. I tell you what, I tried really hard to get into gifted and talented. I tried really hard to impress my teachers and every stinking year, my parents got a phone call and it was from my teachers saying, Olivia is so bright. She thinks so differently than the other kids. And I wanted to be like, duh. But like, um, when it came down to getting tested for gifted and talented, nope. (laughs) It never happened. I never could pass the test. The saddest story of all was fourth grade. So I got tested after kinder, first, second, third. And now here we are in fourth. Every year my teachers were convinced. Every year they thought I was the brightest kid they had because I think so differently. I come at the world really differently. I am not book smart. That is not my gift, but I do come at the world <laughs> very, at a whole different angle. And so I guess they, they equated that to being gifted and talented, which newsflash, that's not what that meant at all. But fourth grade, I go in, I take the test, and this is sad. You guys, this is so Flipping sad. I missed the cutoff to being gifted and talented by one point. That's not that's not just a story. That's not just something that my parents told me. I have the documentation. One flipping point, and I could have been in the temporary building with popcorn. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like I was that close to a dream. Which this just might, you know what, that's kind of funny. This might be the story of my life, being that close to your dream and yet never achieving it. So gifted and talented, I didn't get it. I remember that specifically because this was my, what, fourth time? Oh, I was devastated. I mean, I was really heartbroken because now I was in a different school Um, We didn't have elementary for fourth grade. We had middle school. And, oh, geez, my parents got me a stuffed teddy bear and balloons and a special dessert. And I remember I remember my mom looking at me and saying, we're not going through this again. We're not doing this again. And I remember thinking two things. One, my parents no longer believe in me. And I didn't really like, you know, blame them. Two, oh, thank God. (laughs) You know, like, what a relief, what a relief that I didn't have to go and try to be and gifted and talented again. And uh, yeah, you know, I didn't make it and I was never tested again. And it was definitely a FOMO, fair missing out situation. But the thing is, is that it also helped me learn how to cheer for my other friends. I don't know when that switch happened. I really don't. But it kind of reminds me of my guest today. My guest is not only gifted and talented, she is actually book smart. And here's why I'm excited. Like I have been sitting on this episode for weeks. It's been recorded and then I took a break and it's the first one I wanted to release after my big long talk to everybody, you know, in episode 10. So this is episode 11. I really wanted to open with my friend, Letitia Adams, Because you guys, what you don't know about Letitia, you're going to learn today. You're not going to hear her talk about the two platforms she normally talks about, which is suicide and racism, which is so needed in the conversation today. But I didn't want to talk about that. Not because I'm scared. I'm not. And not because I don't love Letitia and want her to be who she is. That's the furthest thing from the truth. But because I wanted to take this opportunity of my little tiny platform, to showcase her in a way that not everybody knows her, which is with her intelligence. Y'all, this woman is a smarty pants. And I am really excited today to shine a light on Letitia Adams in a way that I know you haven't seen or realized before. I want you to just take some time and listen to her in a whole new light. Everybody, welcome Letitia Adams. Oh my goodness. Hello, Letitia. How are you doing, friend? Good. I got some sleep last night, so it's awesome. <laughs> and for <laughs> you, are you not like a major sleeper? Is that or is it just difficult for you?
1: Um, it is difficult for me if there are certain things happening. Um, so one my husband went back overseas, and so that, that is one major I hate change. That you're alone. Yeah. I, yeah. And, you know, and it's weird because when he comes home, I also have a hard time sleeping for like a week or two when he's home. Cause I've already gotten used to sleeping by myself and blah, blah. Anyway. And then, uh, and he snores and tosses and turns. It's just, <laughs>
0: <laughs> he disrupts but, your beauty sleep. Yes.
1: Uh, so I am actually a natural sleeper. Like I love sleep. I could sleep all the time, but if I'm having anxiety or there's a change in my, in my life, like a major change, like anything which happens regularly for some reason then I have a hard time sleeping yeah and what happens though is if I don't get enough sleep because I'm a natural sleeper like I know some people who can just like deal with four four or five hours of sleep and I'm one of
0: those yeah he's
1: like yeah you're one of those like super energetic like I've only had four hours of sleep here's my coffee let's get it done and I'm literally not like I cry so yesterday I um you know quarantine sucks and like you can't go get your (laughs) nails done and i refuse you're the only
0: one that feels that way that's really (laughs) weird Everyone else (laughs) is like, "Yes, this is the best."
1: I mean, there's some aspects that I'm thriving at. No, I know,
0: I know. I'm just teasing.
1: My vanity is not working for me. Like, I don't have my nails. I don't have my feet done. My hair looks horrible. Like, so there's. So I'm having kind of a little bit of a like serious vanity crisis. But um, so my so my nails are very long, and I couldn't find the nail clippers, and I just like melted down into tears and I, I could text my husband who's in iraq by the way in a tent <laughs> in quarantine without any coffee and i'm like i can't buy the nail clippers please help me and he's like and you know he's like okay and sends me a list because we've like come up with a plan for Letitia's anxiety
0: <laughs> and that's it's smart not
1: advice it's like a list like that's smart nail clippers are in the water closet get felicity to bring you a snack.
0: Don't drink any more coffee. Yep. Take a nap. <laughs> I know that's good though. And I I I suffer with uh um, severe extremely severe anxiety and I tell you what, when I am on the coffee thing, I am cra- I like seriously, it's a whole different experience for me. The world is ending, everyone hates me. I'm in a puddle. My husband's like, oh my gosh. Like he just doesn't know what to do. So wait, let me ask you this. Is your husband in the military or are there other reasons to go to Iraq? That is how ignorant I am about (laughs) our nation and jobs. (laughs)
1: So (laughs) Um He's a contractor.
0: So he actually does
1: pest control for the military. So the so our soldiers are on bases and there's bugs and wild dogs and all kinds of things and so my husband is vector control which is pretty much like I think probably this pandemic has taught my kids how to respect what my husband does because there's like talk of vectors everywhere now like
0: that's children amazing. are vectors oh. <laughs> <laughs> which he doesn't like, do anything about children but <laughs> he's like what is, they're like what is dad doing I don't he's, <laughs> I thought he likes, yeah, he likes children. That's funny. Okay, so how long will he be gone? It's not like a normal military nine-month contract, is it? Or
1: No, normally, I mean, normally they're pretty stable and it's pretty four months, wait, four months there, then he comes home for two weeks and then four months there, then he comes home for two weeks and four months there and he comes home for 22 days. That's the regular cycle. But this has not been, this is not regular. So he was home- since lockdown and he just went back and
0: we have Aww. no idea when he's coming home because yeah. it just yeah who knows about anything who <laughs> knows about anything we don't here's what I also don't know and I am hoping I'm not the only one of your followers and fans and friends and listeners who might have come into your life a little later and does not understand all the people in your life because you have nicknames and you have so many amazing people in your life and so you will be on your social media talking about people and I am like hold on that is the (laughs) 30th person she's mentioned today (laughs) and they have seven names and I don't know who we're talking about what age they are sometimes I think you have like like six kindergarten kids that live there. Like, <laughs> I have no idea. So I thought we would start off with clearing up. I want to hear your family tree <laughs> Okay. <laughs> of all the amazing people in your life for those who. And I'm going to pretend everybody else has this issue. Everyone might be like, Liv, we got it. We're not that dumb. We've followed Sometimes her Sometimes I forget. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for me, <laughs> let me hear all the people. I'm excited.
1: Okay. So uh, there's my husband, Stacy. Um, and the girls call him Stace. So there's Stacy, Stacy, that's my husband. And then um, my oldest son is Anthony and we call him all kinds of things. So we call him Anthony <laughs> and we call him Francis cause his first name is Francisco. Um, and every once in a while, if we're super dark and gloomy we call him, you know, the dead kid. Cause well, he is gone. And sometimes we just have to laugh in order to get through a day. And there's times when I'm like, I'm going to go mulch Francis and the kids will just laugh because it's like putting mulch on his grave. And so we just kind of find, um, we have also found that we have to keep those things within our own home, but that's the way we get across. I mean, that's the way we get through those things. Those moments where we miss him so badly. We're just a very snarky family, which is why there's 47 nicknames for everybody. (laughs) Um, so, uh, and then, and we also for, and then there's also the fact that with Anthony, it's before, before he got sick and then after he got sick. So we, we make a distinction between which Anthony we're talking about. Um, so there's Anthony and Francis and then, um, then there's Daniel. And so his name's Daniel. We call him Dan. His first name is Benjamin. So every once in a while we'll call him Benjamin. Um,
0: <laughs> and this is another <laughs> son.
1: Yeah, he's my second son. Okay.
0: So those are his three names. Dan, so we're already at 27 Daniel people Benjamin. already. And I'm like, yeah, okay, exactly. this is starting to make sense. Okay.
1: <laughs> and then there's my third son, and his name is Gabe. Yep. Gabriel. And then we also call him Gerbil.
0: <laughs> God, this is so validating.
1: Yeah, and then there's my fourth child, and that's Felicity, and we call her Flea.
0: Oh, there we go. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I read so about flea, flea all is the time. Felicity. Um,
1: th- th- so Anthony actually named her and so, and she's also her middle name's rogue. So every once in a while we'll call her rogue. Um, <laughs> oh my God. but that's not a very, that's not very often. Um, this isn't, it's not very often, but every once in a while it will slip out. Um, but, um, Anthony wanted to name her flea. And we we're like, you cannot name your sister Flea, and he's like, that's unfair because you literally said I could name her. And I was like, you can't name her Flea, so he came up with Felicity, Aww. and then her nickname has been Flea her whole life. Um, and that's then, amazing. Let's see who else. And and then there's my stepsons, and we just call them the boys. Like we kind of clump them all, the boys. Um,
0: <laughs> They're one group.
1: Yeah, the one group. And we also call the group of my children, so Anthony, Daniel, Gabe, and Flea, we call them the rats. Okay. Like, as a group. Mm -hmm. And then I have two grandchildren. There's Aaliyah and Mm Cammie, Cameron and Aaliyah. And so, I guess Aaliyah's nickname is Leah, and then Cameron's nickname is Cammie, and then we call them the squirrels. Like, they all have their little groups. Okay. And then their mom's Ariana.
0: There you go. It's clear <laughs> as mud, everybody. <laughs> if you follow. There's my four
1: kids, my three yeah. step
0: kids, my two grandkids,
1: <laughs> the baby grandmama, and then um, my husband, and then the three pit bulls. So yeah. Right. It's a
0: lot. Yeah. There's a lot of names floating around on your social media. And what's so great is that you share them so well with everybody. You're very open about the day-to-day and all the life. But you know what's really kind of interesting to me is knowing about your education journey, because I've loved watching you when you were speaking at Notre Dame because you're a speaker and you're a writer. And, yeah. and so watching you go to Notre Dame and speak and how that experience and you're taking like classes and all this kind of stuff. I would love to hear about that piece of you because I know you share it with us on the internet, but I think it's a really <laughs> neat side that I don't know that that gets to be, you know, like like shine as yeah. much. So I'd love to hear about that.
1: When I was like, when I was a kid, I mean, I was just such a weird child, like I, not weird. Like I was just so different than everyone else. I didn't have a dad. I didn't speak English till I was in the first grade. Um, I was, uh, made to speak English and took my Spanish was completely taken from me. I was not allowed to speak Spanish. Um, And I always assumed that it was the school, but I think it was a combination of the school and my mother. Like my mom just thought that it was best for me to only speak English for whatever her reasons and thinking that were, which go back for a long time. Um, and so when I started school, I was, just, I talk a lot. So I was like, talk, 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 talk. So my kindergarten teacher loved me and she was so super kind to me. Um, and then I went to the first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. And in the fourth grade, my fourth grade teacher, um, read Bridge to Terabithia to us for the first time. Um, that it's the first time I'd ever heard it. a
0: jerker. Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. It was the
1: most beautiful thing that had ever happened to me. Everyone uh, else in my class was bored to tears and were like, we hate so this. Beautiful. We hate blah, blah. And I'm, like, staring out the window and picturing it all in my head. Yes. And when I told her this, first, I think she saw it in me. You know, I really wish I could have a conversation with her about it. But, like, I think she saw it in me that I really was into the story and I loved the story of it. And then shortly after – that after she started reading it to us um, (laughs) I made up a story about the girls bathroom being haunted and like I made up the whole story about the ghost and how it was gonna get you and I mean I did the whole dramatics of ah, the ghost is in there and when the girls found out I had made up the whole thing they hated my guts like they refused to play with me and all this and that and I think Miss Chestnut also saw my ability to come up with stories and tell them and you know where everyone else saw me as like this freak that, that like she saw you
0: creative like, she saw you yeah, as she, creative. Saw cre- yeah right, she saw the yeah she saw the creativity
1: in it and so she um her and at this at that time the teacher that had been my kindergarten teacher was also a fourth grade teacher and so the two of them sat me down and told me there is a way to not scare all of your classmates and still be able to tell your stories. And it's called writing. And why don't you spend recess, which is the time that all the girls were trying to like kick my butt, you know, um, why don't you spend recess in the library and read stories? And so that's, she introduced me to Nancy Drew and the boxcar kids and like all these classics. Right. And, um, so I, that's when I think, you know, the love of reading and writing and storytelling really became a part of my life. And it really has saved me from such really awful times in my life, you know. And it also, I, I had already lo- had come with this love of music. Um, so it kind of all... Gelled together. So when That's Metallica beautiful. came out, I was like, these stories are so great. Like Metallica songs are story driven. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and they're also angry. And I was also angry. So it just really worked out for me. Um, and then, you know, I ran away a lot from the time I was in the sixth grade until I was in the ninth grade. And at 16, I got pregnant with Anthony. So I dropped out of school. Um, you know, for a 16 year old pregnant Hispanic girl, there aren't a lot of people telling you what your potential is or what your possibilities are, especially in 1993. I went to a very low income school. Um, It was on the black side of town. The town I went to high school in is Amarillo, Texas, and it's very socially economically segregated. And um, so I went to the worst school in town. So, so that's what people thought. I, it was actually a great school. I loved it. And um, so when I got pregnant, I was just another Mexican girl that was pregnant at 16. There wasn't anyone trying to recruit me for their colleges. Um, I, my principal did try to get me to stay in school and made me promise that if he signed my exit papers that he, I would get my GED when I turned 17. And so I said, "Of course, yes, I will. So I went and got my GED right away. Um, Because I had made that promise to him, and that there went my college dreams. Like before that, my dreams were to be a lawyer. I mean, I loved reading. My favorite animal is a humpback whale. Like that's what I'm talking about. Different, you know. <laughs> like everyone else is like bunnies or cats or whatever, and I'm like humpback whales are awesome. And, um, <laughs> just different, you know. And so all of those dreams just really went out the window. And the only thing I cared about was making sure that Anthony was okay. And um. and finding someone to get married with and have a house and a life, you know, that's all I wanted. And so I met my first husband, we got married. Um, He was addicted to drugs. I had three more kids, life went nuts. And then um, we got a divorce, moved to Austin and that's when Stacey and I got back together. And through all of that, I came back to the Catholic church. I was baptized Catholic as a baby, but I (laughs) was, a pagan for most of my life. And, um, I became Catholic and in that, you know, I, because I came in arguing, I argued about everything. I was like this teaching right here. So stupid. This teaching right here. So dumb. I'm never doing that. Nope. 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 You know, like all I wanted to do was be Catholic so that Stace would marry me. And, um, I had no intention of actually being Catholic. So the priest that walked with me through my conversion taught me how to read papal documents, he was like, here's the teachings of the church. Actually, he challenged me because I said, I'm not going to hate these people, and I'm not going to believe this, and I'm not going to listen to some old man tell me X, Y, and Z. And he was like, okay, look, here's the documents. If you can find anywhere where it says you have to hate anyone or blah, blah, blah. You let me know where it's at. Highlight it, come back to me and tell me where the teachings are wrong. He really tricked me. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I didn't know what a lot of the words were. I didn't know what a lot of the concepts were. So I'd get this spiral notebook, my computer, I'd Google all these things. Um, like, what does this mean? What does, um, what does socialism mean? What does sexuality mean? Like it, whatever. I can't, I still have those notebooks and I'd write the definitions down And the more and more I came to know the story of Catholicism, the history, where it's rooted in, um, the more I came to love it, you know what I mean? And love all these concepts. And I mean, I was just soaking in all of this information that's so beautiful and so tied into the human experience, like not just... People think it's like just a religion, but to me, it's like the story of the human experience that we all experience. We all want justice. We all want to be loved. We all want to love. And for it was the first time I saw someone understand what had been going on inside me this whole time that made me so different, you know? Um, and so
0: I became Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> like on purpose, <laughs> not just for a guy. <laughs>
1: And then, I, I, and then um, I don't remember who it was. Just someone was like, oh, I know. I'm so dumb. I was sitting next to uh, Dr. Kreeft at this dinner. He was speaking at this church. And um, I had read so many of his books and so many of – I watched so many videos of him and all this and that. And um, I'm sitting there, and I just start talking to him, like just like, you know. And um, he just looks at me, and he's like, have you ever considered – getting a philosophy degree you have the mind of a philosopher and i was Wait, like "Wait, i'm sorry
0: hold on pause you're telling me dr peter kreeft told you yeah. that you have a philosophy mind and you should get a degree in philosophy did you yeah. did you die like
1: did you just collapse? i just, i thought he was crazy like i was oh like oh my gosh me,
0: first of all i don't Patricia. even know how to really say
1: his name is that how you actually say i don't name? know
0: listen okay. i i yes <laughs> 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 it is On this podcast.
1: (laughs) So to me (laughs) I have no idea. I felt like philosophy is what really smart people do, right? And 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 you are very
0: smart. First of all, I am not surprised by that at all. You were very smart. That's why I want to talk about your intelligence. But that's just amazing that of all the human beings walking on the planet, that's who told you that is I have goosebumps. That's really good. I was like And so
1: you kind of listen, right? Like so I went to my pastor. And I told him, I was like, so this and this and that happened. And I said, but I don't feel like I'm that smart. And he's like, Letitia, you read papal documents. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's how you know what you believe, right? And he was like, people people don't read papal documents. And I was like, <laughs> they don't? I'm like, oh, a papal document. An encyclical is going to drop. Let's print it up. Let's go to Kinko's. And he's like, no, no, nope. people Mm-mm. don't do that.
0: <laughs> I never had that feeling. And now I'm not going to heaven. So <laughs> I'll know why.
1: <laughs> and he's like, and you understand everything JPT says. Like you're like yes. If you understand John Paul, he's like, how to know if you have a philosophical mind is do you know what John Paul II is saying? He's like, because normal people do not under, no. like he's like circles right. Um, and so I, I think that was the first time that I considered that I considered the possibility that I actually am not stupid. Cause I had been told my entire life from people who should have taken care of me, that I was stupid, that I was stupid, that my head was in the clouds that I was just right. I mean, there, there's all kinds of words that you can think of that were just not kind. And I'm talking from the edge of the, my first memories,
0: you know? Um,
1: and so that's so, what you believed
0: about yourself. The tapes in yeah. your head were coming from adults People of authority, people, your family. It, and 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 maybe not that they woke up and said, let's make Letitia hate her intelligence and not think anything. <laughs> not that they were like all getting together with a whiteboard and writing it out and saying, now you say this to her and you say yeah. this to her. But that's what you were told your whole life. So when you are in charge of your own life, it wasn't like you were like, oh, well, now's my time to shine as an <laughs> intellect. Because <laughs> you yeah, were told no. the complete opposite. So why would you even know yeah. That, that is where and why your mind was created the way that it was. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Or that I'm so much or that I'm so loud or that I can't, right. I'm so dramatic. Like all of these little things about myself that I took in so negatively, it was only, you know, it, it was, it slowly started to sink in that, okay, maybe I'm not stupid. And then I started going to a full ph- bachelor philosophies course at um, Holy Apostles, uh, college and seminary, um, online. And I loved it, but, but my grades don't show my intelligence because I go down rabbit holes. It's like, okay, you're supposed to focus on Aquinas and write a paper about Aquinas. And I remember here like, okay, yeah, Aquinas is great, but what do we think about death? Like, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, okay. So then Aristotle, and then, you know, my mind goes in so many different places. And I've, I had a professor who told me, he was like, that's not a bad thing. Who cares what your grades Are what are you learning the fact that you're learning so many different things at once is a really good thing you know that's that's the point of education the point of education is not to get straight A's and get on the Dean's List that's great that's great if you can do that and learn at the same time but grades themselves don't matter as much as the actual learning right or learning how to learn
0: Right. The mastery of the Yeah. Learning how to learn. Exactly. Which is, you know, the whole that is, that is so Aquinas and Aristotle. Like they were so into that. Look at you. You're such a philosopher. <laughs> so, OK, you're at dinner with Dr. Peter Kraft, Kraft, Kraft. We have no idea how to say his name. Uh, it doesn't matter because he is the most intelligent man walking the planet right now. Yes not not just in the Catholic world, like actually in the world, like he's respected by everybody. So he's sitting there next to you, which I still just think is amazing that you're even (laughs) sitting next to this man. And he tells you this. So what's the rest of that conversation? What did you say to him? And then what happened after that? I just shut up. Like, I didn't really (laughs) even know
1: what to say. Well, actually, I think what I said was, is that even possible? And he just kind of looked at me. And he was like, he, I, And I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like that whole, like, ev- anything's possible. Like, yeah, it's possible. Why wouldn't it be? And, and I, because, because of where I come from, like college is not offered to people like me in high school. It's not even a possibility. Like, like I, my oldest son, when he was about to graduate from high school, the counselor told him, you should get ready for manual labor because college just isn't for you. Like, that's the kind of language. When I see people, all my friends, like my middle-class friends on social media talking about their kids and college applications and this college wants them, and this, I, I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, that doesn't happen to me and my children. You know what I mean? Like, um, we have to find our way to places because they're not seeking us whatsoever. Um, now I'm not saying that in every, I'm saying that for me and my kids, that's my experience, you know? Um, and so I just, I found a way and I found my way into Holy apostles and it's really great. But the problem is, is that the second that I started classes, my uncle, who's like a father to me, got diagnosed with prostate cancer and then he passed away. And then, uh, 10 months later, his wife passed away. And these are the only two people of my family that showed up for my funeral. My aunt, my uncle, and their children. Um, I mean, for my wedding, sorry. And um, weddings, funerals. its I was going to say to you,
0: Letitia's like, look, I don't know. You've gone to more funerals than weddings. (laughs) Let's be fair. You have. You have lived a very, it has. You've been like in this little dark rain cloud and the rest of us are trying (laughs) to hand you umbrellas. That's just yeah, love like, you. I'm like, and, take the and umbrella, lattes, Latisha. And lattes like <laughs> lattes, bourbon, and umbrellas. We're just handing yeah. to, you. but you have you've you've dealt with a lot of grief, so that's fair. But I knew yeah. what you meant. So they were yeah, at your wedding, um, yes. Okay, so this is so, a very close family. This isn't just. I, and I'm glad you you said that because to some people, an uncle's just a random uncle, and other yeah. people, an uncle can be exactly like more than your dad or a dad or whatever. Yeah. And it's nice that you define. This is the relationship. That's what it is, is you lost someone of tremendous relationship to you.
1: Yes. And he was, I mean, yeah, exactly. And he, I, I cared for him. He cared for me. Like, and the thing is, is that because it was so normal, he was such a great, um, he was such an important person in my life that it was so Normal that i didn't even it wasn't that I at first when he passed away, I thought like I took him for granted my entire life, but it wasn't taking for granted it was just its life, you know what I mean, and you don't really know that you you're gonna miss that until it's gone, like just the normal conversations I mean my uncle wasn't soft and cuddly, he was very prickly and he was old and Mexican, and so you know like, he, Texas he cactus, he, <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like they're beautiful, but ow, you know right, right. but <laughs> So, like, I miss walking in his house and him being like, what took you so gosh dang long? You know what I mean? Like, um, right. or just the phone calls where he would call me and be like, you're dumb. Like, you know, like,
0: he would just, right. like,
1: but it, in his own way of saying, like, I love you and I want to talk to you. But he didn't know how to say those words. He didn't have the vocabulary for I love you. So it came out in such other ways. Like, hey, it's your birthday come down here, bring me some coffee. And then I'd get down there and he'd have hamburgers for my birthday or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and then his wife passed away 10 months later. And, you know, my family Mary was the only person that was happy for me when I became Catholic. I mean, my uncle was too, but she was such a devout Catholic that um, she explained a lot of things to me. She had been a catechist. I mean, like, so talking about the faith to her, was she it made her happy too because most of her family is culturally catholic but they didn't really you know her and her daughter like really understood the faith
0: you know it meant something right it was yeah it meant right. something nice exactly. connection so losing her was different in a different way because you could share the spirituality with her and she got it
1: yes and she knew me since i was a small child so i can only right. imagine how many times she prayed for me oh, like yeah because i was a super super bad teenager but anyway um so she passed away 10 months after my uncle and then a month after that was Anthony's suicide.
0: So this is that's all a lot. I- that's yeah. a tremendous. So you're talking about not even a year you lost three tremendous people in very different ways. Yeah. And each one taking a tremendous part of your heart. I would assume Anthony just, you know, shattered ripped your heart, me. just ripped yeah. it. Yeah, shredded it. Yeah. So that's a lot. While going to college for the first time. Well, that was during when you first signed up. Oh, good gracious. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. Wow. And I love that you're like, so my grades weren't. And I'm like, okay, Letitia, (laughs) (laughs) the fact that you're even sitting up blinking and looking at me right now, I don't care how long ago that was. That's a tremendous amount to survive. And if anything, when I think of you, I have to be honest, as your friend, the word survivor is what comes up in my head and now to see you thriving. You know, and I know yeah. you know better than anybody that there is a difference between surviving and thriving. And there is yeah. a difference. And there you live that. You live that well.
1: Yeah, I I really I really think and this is something that I just talked to my therapist about the other day cuz I, I I I struggle with the tremendous guilt of why me? Like I, I do, I do struggle with the tremendous, especially when it comes to Anthony, because he, uh, he obviously didn't necessarily survive this world. You know, he definitely didn't survive this world. What's happening in the afterworld is between him and God. And I trust in God's love and mercy for him. And I hope that I see him again. And I, it's not a fake hope or like a wish upon a star, star hope. It's like every morning I wake up and I tell God, I don't care what you have to do. Get Anthony to heaven and get me there i will literally give up anything except starbucks <laughs> but, but i will i, will I know you if will. i have to but i know you will <laughs> but let's try other solutions yeah. first you know what i mean
0: <laughs> what else can i give up okay but the latte <laughs> just, you're getting a little personal there dear god <laughs> you've taken a lot away from me the girl you're needs not, her frappuccino like there's a lot of other options <laughs> I mean, I can only take so much. (laughs) I don't think anyone blames you for that, Letitia. I'll write in a note. (laughs) I'll tell God, I'll give up Starbucks for you. I'll do that (laughs) so you can keep it.
1: (laughs) So yeah, so I struggle with that tremendous guilt. But then like my therapist says, that different, that thing that makes me different also makes me attuned to the voice of God. You know, When, when God steps in and is like, okay, this is enough for me it's very obvious. Like there is no, you know, and God does crazy things to me. Like he takes all my money. Like <laughs> like <laughs> if I'm, if I'm so one, one crazy story. So Stace and I, you know, before we became Catholic, before we even started going to mass or whatever, we were into some really crazy things. Like we were going to swingers clubs and not like dancing. Okay. Right. Um, you were living a very Saint
0: Augustine life.
1: <laughs> yes, and one day we wake up, and all our money's gone, and we're like, "And and listen, to get into swingers clubs is not cheap, okay? Um, <laughs> drinks are not down. cheap. The whole thing is, it's a lot. And um, so we wake up, we have no more money, and we're like, "What happened? And it's like. The, the IRS just decided we owed them taxes and just, like, took all our money. And at first, we're like, this is crazy. And, I mean, I remember we were stressing. We were trying to figure out. But you know what we weren't doing? Going to swingers clubs. Because <laughs> we were trying to figure out how to come up with groceries. And then, like, a couple months later is when um, Stace re- enlisted to go back to Afghanistan to do pest control, the same thing as he's doing now. Um, because we were so broke. And I mean, now that I look back at all of that, it's like how God just re- rearranges, but I listen. That's the thing. It's like, I was like, okay, so we were not going down the right road. Um, and I got a clear message from God when I was in a swingers club on Christmas Eve, which is like,
0: (laughs) really, that sounds like a whole podcast on its own.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and that, but I didn't really pay attention. Like I heard and I, I felt and I heard, but I didn't pay attention. And then the money was gone. And then everything kind of fell into place where I was like, okay, so that was clearly, you know, God saving us, like, kind of just like, okay, enough's enough. We're going to, we're going to shift. We're going to pivot. Um, and, but I listened. That's what my, my therapist was like. Some people just don't, some people just Continue.
0: figure out a way to keep right. going. Right. And
1: I, I kind of do, but yeah, I kind of, I do pivot with whatever God says. So if, that's it's, if he's shutting everything down then I'm like, because I'm so lazy though, that's the thing. It's not even like a holiness thing. Like some people look at me and they're like, Oh my God, you're so holy. I'm like, no, I'm so lazy. When God starts shutting <laughs> okay. things down, I'm like, you know, I'm out. He uses <laughs> whatever
0: you give him. And if it's your laziness, he's like, fine, that's where I will meet her. But I love yeah. that you see that. But that is still, though, you looking back and saying, this is where I see God stepping in because I couldn't. How many yeah. times do we say that as people, like, I can't do this? And God's like, I know. That's why I'm here, guys. Like, what is it that you think I do all day? <laughs> I'm sure that's what he wants to say to us. Like, what is it that you think I'm doing? I'm not watching Netflix. I get it that that's what you're doing, but I'm doing all these other things. So, I think that's beautiful that you recognize it because not everybody does. And I think also your experience and who you are and and what makes you so quote unquote different is that it, it allows you to be empathetic and you have this beautiful gift of empathy that you share, you know, like so willingly yeah on the air you know like out there in in internet (laughs) land because since we don't get to see real people (laughs) we're never seeing real people ever never again it's never (laughs) happening so here's what i want to ask are you still taking classes are you still pursuing a bachelor's in philosophy because you were gifted by the prophet (laughs) yeah exactly peter he isn't really a prophet everybody he's a professor (laughs) but anyway he could be we don't believe in that okay (laughs)
1: um you know I I I tried to push through after Anthony died you know I took I so Anthony died in March so I took the rest of that
0: spring semester what year what year was that by the way
1: 2017
0: how old was Anthony 22 22 and his birthday's
1: on Monday he would have been 26 so he was 22 okay
0: um
1: and so that so that rest of that spring I took off which was kind of um actually, I don't know. I took off a little bit and then I went back. I don't really remember time. It's what time doesn't even matter anymore, but yeah, it doesn't matter. It so, doesn't um, exist. <laughs> and then I took two more semesters and then I fell out one semester and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. Like I can't, I was trying to push through and it's like, I just really can't, I need to stop. So I kind of stopped everything. I kind of had a complete, um, breakup with, everything. I I burnt my social medias down. I like, burnt. I lit my Twitter on fire and I deleted my Instagram. Um, and I just like, I posted this crazy blog post. It was like, I'm done. I'm finished. I like, can't even, um, which is really all I should have put. I I typed, it was very long and I really should have just said, I can't even and walked off. But, um, I had this like super moment where I had, I have to stop, you know? Um, And I was very, very angry at God, like, you know, after Anthony died, I, 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 most of my prayer life was me testing God out. Like, I know you're there, but, but it was also the first time that I questioned, is God real? Because what kind of a God would sit there and watch that? Right. So it really, um, but I had those conversations with him. Like I didn't, I didn't sit in a corner somewhere and have the conversations with myself, and I didn't have them with all, I didn't have the conversation with all the thoughts that were telling me that God didn't love me and that he was, th- I didn't even engage in that. I, I went straight to the man, you know, Good For
0: you, right? and I was
1: like, look, this is complete crap, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think in that I got to actually know God and like, know what his voice sounds like versus every other voice. Um, and also I got to know myself and I got to know how he feels about me and my too muchness and my too talkiness, and my intelligence and my, um, love of humpback whales. Like, you know what I mean? I got to, I got to see it from that perspective and, And so then I also, not only did I fall in love with God, I think my first conversion was me falling in love with the idea of God and falling in love with the words of the church and falling in love with um, Catholicism. But it wasn't necessarily falling in love with God. It was more of like, oh, look at all this great stuff God's doing for me because he did miraculous things for me. In the aftermath of Anthony's suicide, I think I, I fell in love with him. Not for anything he did for me, not for anything I was getting from him, not for any uh, self-righteousness that being Catholic gave me, you know, I'm better than you people or whatever, but just simply as the creator of the universe. Wow. That's it. That's
0: incredible. Who would think that that's what you would find at the end of Anthony's suicide would be you falling in love with God? Like, I would have never written that ending to that story. (laughs) <laughs> nor I think would you, you know, no. like, Oh, well now I'm going to fall in love with God. You know, you would think that would be like, <laughs> especially and, when it
1: started off with like bleep, I bleep, you. bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I remember specifically, so Anthony died on a Wednesday. I went to mass Friday morning at six 30 in the morning and everyone thought like, Oh, she's so holy. She came straight to mass. I was like, no, I'm getting in his face. Like I got in his face and I was praying at the tabernacle. And I remember specifically um, looking at the crucifix and saying, yeah, but you're God and you rose. My son's not coming back. Like, that's the kind of anger I was. And to, for it to all end in this space of complete freedom. Like, I, I, there's just so much talk about freedom right now. And I really wish I could put into words the freedom that comes with knowing and loving God as he is. That he is not bound by anything. He loves beyond everything. Yes, the sacraments are beautiful. Yes, they're gifts. They're gifts. They're not they're not rules to follow to make sure that you're safe. You know, you're yeah, safe right in knowing him as he is. You know? Um and and so I've just found a lot of freedom in that. And I think it scares people because I legitimately it's not that I don't care about the rules. I don't care for them because they're rules. I care about them because they're an expression of my love to God, right? So I don't, I mean, I try not to cuss other people out. Not because it's a rule, but because that person's made in the image of God. And that's how I love him. And you're beyond very- the reason
0: of the rule. Yeah. You're. It's because yeah. you love God and you want to serve him. Not just yeah. because it's a rule, which is what a lot of us do. Well, it's a rule. I shouldn't do that.
1: And, you're yeah, like, and I don't or, give a flip
0: about the rules and it right, freaks I people see. out. They're like, I see what you're Fuck! saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. So how long did this conversation with God take until you fell in love with him? How long was that time um, period?
1: So let's see. And so Anthony died March of 2017. So it was Advent of 2018. Okay. So, and I just, I only know that because I went to confession for the first time advent of 2018 with the priest who walked with me through my conversion, uh, celebrated the marriage of me and my husband, um, uh, the mass, and, uh, also gave the homily at Anthony's funeral and blessed Anthony's body. That priest so happened to be at my parish doing confession advent 2018. And so I sat in line waiting to go to confession with him. And it was the best confession i had ever had. Cause he knew me. I knew him. We didn't have to do a lot of background, you know, I was like, so I have to confess that I've hated God for the last 14 months or whatever. Right. And he's right. like, okay, let's talk like, you know, so, and so it's very good for him to pinpoint the sin and what's not the sin, having emotions and being angry, not a sin. And what does hating God actually mean? And no, you didn't actually, you know, you were right. angry. There's a difference right. and blah, 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 blah. So it was one of the best confessions I'd ever had. And, um, And that led to the beginning of me, one, forgiving myself for forgiving myself, but also taking responsibility for all the ways that I failed, Anthony, because I think people want to let me off the hook and that's fine because there's some things that I I need to not take on, but there's all other things that I do need to take on and just own and apologize and forgive myself and move on. You know what I mean? Right. As mothers, we're not going to be perfect, but that doesn't mean we don't acknowledge where we failed and try to do better. Right.
0: I love that. Yeah. And
1: forgiving Anthony, um, which is still some days is not easy. You know, when his daughter's having a panic attack, I get really angry at him, even though I understand it was a mental illness. Like I think people need permission to be angry. Like you don't have to stay in that anger and you can understand the illness and also feel the emotion and then forgive and move on because forgiveness is where the redemption comes in if you don't ever let yourself be angry because you're like in happy you know magical thinking land you can't get to the healing you know um so forgiving myself forgiving anthony forgiving his fiance for anything that i felt i needed to let go of um and and then just forgiving god which sounds crazy but it's again, that's how you get to the healing is by saying, I know you love me. I know you love Anthony more than anything. I know you would have done anything to save him. And I forgive you for my opinion that you didn't do a good job. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and God's like, you know, your opinion's crap, but I accept it and yeah. we're
0: gonna move on. <laughs> you know right. I mean? He's like, this doesn't matter, <laughs> but yeah. So <Still> God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. He doesn't do that thing we do where he gets defensive and is like, right. well,
0: technically yada, right. yada, yada. You know what I right. mean? Right. He doesn't have that human side of it. He's divine. Yeah. No, yeah. that's really interesting. So where are you in your, in your intellectual growth? You know, where are you in that? Have you gone back to your studies or are you? I want to. Okay. I so want to. Running, I, maybe I have like the fall?
1: Yeah. Because we're I talking in the summer
0: of 2020. So maybe.
1: Yeah. I want the, you to
0: get that degree.
1: <laughs> I want you to too. I want you so bad now for the first time. And so long, I actually want it like for a long time. I was like, Meh, whatever, but now I really do want it. And I, I, but the problem is, um, you know, life is crazy. So I, because it, it was so traumatic and because I dropped out or took leave of absences whenever I did, whatever, 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 um, I used all my student aid. So I
0: see at this yeah. point,
1: Yeah. I have to figure out like, well, actually I've I've put it on God's to-do list. Like I do that. I'm like, okay, there's things that are Anthony's funeral costs, God's to-do list. Like I just put them on there and I'm like, when it's time, he'll open the door and I'll
0: walk through it. This will happen. Okay. So let me ask you this. This is a question I ask all my guests and I love, I love the question, but I also love, uh, I never know when I'm going to ask it, like where it's going to happen in the conversation. So I want to know because I saw on my end, right? And I'm I'm just judging your life through my screen, <laughs> like everybody else, <laughs> right? That's all we have. All I know is this side, right? Of what I see, I don't know your life, but I make judgments all the time, <laughs> good or bad, right? I'm like, yeah, whatever. yeah. So when I saw you specifically come out with your logo. And with the rose and, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to revamp everybody and this is where I'm going and I'm going to start speaking and I'm going to start writing and I'm going to start doing all the things. Not that you weren't doing them before, but it really felt to me watching on my side of the screen. This was like a rebirth or this was a reclaim or I don't know, pick a word. So what was what became quiet? What had to quiet down in your life for you to say yes to God to step into that piece of your story?
1: Um, All of the opinions of who I am that came from people who didn't love me. I had to, I had to, it's like, it's like when you're cleaning your desk and you have to go through every piece of paper. Like what's this piece of paper? Is it good? Do I keep it? Do I throw it away? For me, I had to go through every opinion I had about myself and discern, did this come from someone who loved me or not? And if it didn't, and like literally my therapist had me put it on post-it notes, like, okay, this is a thought I have of myself. This is that, And then go through them. Is this from someone that loves me or is this from someone who barely knows me? Is this from someone who dislikes me? Is this, you know, and that took a minute, because then you have to discern your relationships. Like, and I am a radical, so it's like I'm either radically your friends. Or I radically hate your guts. Like, (laughs) I I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how to do that. You're not a (laughs) moderate. No, no, no. So I, but I'm having to learn how to put people in that, because not everyone's going to be your BFF and not everyone's going to be your enemy. So there is a lot of gray, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of shades of gray. So, so that also taught me how to put, you know, shades of gray is okay. It's not like, it's not personal. Right. You know? Um, And so, um. I did that. And that's what I had to, I had to get rid of all the opinions of me that came from anything that wasn't love and concern. And people can love you without being your best friend without texting you every one of their problems. That doesn't mean they don't love you. You know, Um, they, they can love you and not be your Facebook friend. Like (laughs) it's true. So, so that, and then um, when I got rid of all of that, um, then I, then I just accepted me and I accepted the possibility of being wrong and being corrected and standing up for my own voice. Like when am I wrong? When am I standing up for myself? It's not from my gut feeling cause my gut feeling is rooted in trauma and wounds.
0: Right? right. So it's using what I know, what do I know to be true? And then you could, that's when you were able to really own that public forum that you stepped into. Yeah. That we've got to watch. And then the world shut down. But it was really fun. (laughs) It It was was going so well. It was going so well, Letitia. It's like,
1: 2020 is going to be so great. On top of that, my freaking brand new, lovely, awesome website got hijacked. And so then I had to go back to my like free WordPress one. And God's just like laughing. I mean, like literally woke me up at three in the morning laughing. And if you've never heard God laugh,
0: well, uh-huh. well I don't know if I have. That's a good question. <laughs> That's, like- I like that. Have you ever heard God laugh? That's awesome. So you heard him. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, awesome. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Perfect. (laughs) I needed a new project. (laughs) And he's like, look at all this awesome
1: stuff on WordPress. I'm like,
0: Uh, no, that's okay. Listen, 2020 is just one big lesson for so many of us. (laughs) So, you know, I, this is not the end of your story. And if, if any of us who've been watching you for five seconds knows that 2020 is not going to get you down and that, (laughs) That you will be coming back stronger than ever. We all need to just hold on. We need to be taking dra- shots of bourbon until 2021 when you get <laughs> back and you just like take off. So <laughs> that's what I'm worried for. I'm worried for 2021. It's like, I was
1: going, going, going. February was the best year. We were booking talks. I we were know. blah, blah. And you know, it's like,
0: it's all gone. Da, 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 and then it's like, boop, all Yep. Gone. There you go. Well, listen, Letitia, this has been fantastic. And I'm so excited that you let, Let me kind of get a little bit deeper into your story and into the pieces that I get to see and hear more about you, because you're known for so many beautiful things out there and you're known for a lot of stuff. But I think it's really great to listen to your intellect and to and to what you have to say with your journey with God. So I just want to say thank you so much. How can people find you? Because they're going to want to and guys take a note you're going to want to have a beer close to you or you know something because you never know where letitia's going to be when and when she's you know out on the the media saying yeah. things it's it, it changes every minute it's exciting it's a great you ride you never know so you never know so i'm just preparing the people the new people that's all they'll, <laughs> they'll get ready they'll be fine so where can people find you
1: so my um My website is LetitiaOAdams.com, and you can pretty much find me on all socials at LetitiaOAdams.
0: Perfect. I love you to pieces. I think you're fantastic. Thank Thank you you so much. much. Oh, no. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you for coming. And I'd love to have you back someday if you're up for it. Of course. Perfect. I love it. All right. Well, we're praying for Stace and for Anthony. And I love you, you, friend. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.